1: Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. My special, special guest today is a talented singer-songwriter out of Chicago, Illinois. His name is Barry Fontenoy. Mr. Fontenoy, how are you doing today, sir?
0: Doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm
1: fantastic, man. Uh, Welcome to the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. Um, You have a
1: uh, new single out called Rose, which, by the way, it's... um, we're going to talk about that, but I, I just love it.
0: Thank you very um, much.
1: And then you also have an album coming out, I believe on this month on the October 19th.
0: I do. Yeah. The great extreme. Okay. It, it's our first uh, full length album. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Okay. And um well, we'll get into all that. Uh, But before we do um tell us about Barry uh, Fontenoy. Uh, well,
0: I suppose I'm, so I was born in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Families from Opelousas, Louisiana, been there for a hot second, but they're kind of a, you know, so I was raised by country folk in the city. It was a cool, a cool experience. I think I got a kind of a blend of the two, the two vibes, but ultimately uh, I wound up moving to Arkansas in my early school years. Stayed there for about 10 years, except for one year when I went to military school in Missouri. And then, <laughs> sorry, I kind of went all over the place school-wise, <laughs> kind of ran the gamut there. But in any case, I, w- I wound up moving to Chicago a lot more recently after, after undergrad. Uh, I moved up to Chicago for, to study immigration law for a minute. And then uh, just kind of met the band and things wound up progressing. And uh, yeah, we, start, we started producing music. I, I, I had done some music back in Arkansas. I, w- I was in choir on and off through school. And I started a band out in Arkansas during during which process I I'd written a few songs and I came to Chicago with those songs finished, but I didn't I didn't know anyone I didn't have a band or anything and just I kind of I don't know I did open mics throughout the city until just kind of through serendipity I met all the people in the band with one notable exception that being Amir Hainir, who's the keyboardist and he uh, I met him through Craigslist. <laughs> so just complete, completely random. The quantum fates brought the bands together, and I basically just got lucky at every step of the way.
1: Okay, um, now we. I guess we should mention that the band is called Barry and the Fountains.
0: That's correct. Yes, <laughs> That's a name I swear to God I did not choose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you about that later too, but i I'm, to I'm get into that later. Um, but getting back to your um, your childhood. Um, did you come from a musical family?
0: In a way, so I came from a from uh, an, a non musical branch of a family that has some musical people in it. I don't know if you're familiar with the the sort of Louisiana based style of uh, kind of swamp blues called Zadiko. Well, my cousin, uh, my cousin Clifton Chenier was kind of one of the big names in Zadiko, and my and. Clifton Jr. is kind of a he's another Zadiko sort of superstar and I'm related to those guys but my musical development kind of was a, was an independent phenomenon to the extent that I don't know that uh, CJ Shingy and I have met during my whole adult life <laughs> but he's, a, he's, a, you know, he's in Berwyn every once in a while. I think we'll, we'll probably play a show together one of these days and that'll be when we actually meet <laughs> as adult men. But yeah, so I am to some extent from a musical family but I'm uh, from a non-musical branch.
1: Okay, the reason I ask is because when I listen to uh, your music, um, and it's funny that you mentioned uh, Jonico out of uh, Louisiana, because your music is um, sort of reminiscent of that. But also, some of the um, some of the music from the like the '70s, um, it's a very um, very rich uh, sound. Um, and so that's why I asked about your upbringing because you don't hear that uh, type of music or style of music often. Um, so that's why I mentioned that. But
0: absolutely, yeah, I think it's like it, the the style of music we were going for in the Great Extreme and Cleo and Rose in particular was very. Uh, it was it, so. It was retro in the sense that it was like I think I think I wear my influences on my sleeve. Like, you can kind of see, like, the, there's a lot of Otis Redding, a lot of Sam Cooke, a lot of the, a lot of the deep soul kind of Muscle Shoals crowd, some chess records, some pretty clear Motown influences and stuff like Cleo. And uh, I, think a lot, I think a lot of it, uh, you know, the, the old soul influence, I, I, that, like, the great extreme was about kind of sending up those influences to some extent. And obviously, while I don't think, it, I didn't want it to be too close to any particular model because I did want it to be, Kind of expressive of the broader range of what I, of the things that influenced me in moving in my move towards creative towards creative work, but I didn't want it to be anything like I didn't just want to bite somebody's style. I wanted to do something that uh, that paid respect to the kind of people who on mm-hmm. whose musical shoulders I'm standing, without being something that was a clear extension of their work, which is why the great extreme is so retro in its in its style.
1: Okay, have you? Because uh, you mentioned before that um, you have belonged to a couple other bands. Yeah. Did you always do that style of music?
0: Well, initially, I did classical music. I was a I was a choir boy, so I did a lot of that sort of stuff. And then, uh, after my first year of undergrad, I would kind of left Centenary College uh, under a cloud. I I wasn't the best student. In undergrad. <laughs> you know, I'll be be candid about that. But uh, while I had paid very close attention to music, I hadn't paid very close attention to any of the other aspects of being in college at the time. So, uh, I, did a, I, did, so I focused a lot on classical music then. And then uh, when I moved to Arkansas again, when I went back to the University of Arkansas, I did, uh, or at, a, at community college in the area, I did um, Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical. And that was like the first time I'd done sort of lean rock vocals in a performance setup. So I was like, wow, this is kind of a cool thing. And one of the people who was in the band for that school band, uh, Matthew Mazzoni, he's a great guitarist uh, based out of Louisville, (laughs) if anybody knows him in the audience. But uh, I worked with him and formed my first band, uh, Barry of the Hurricanes. And we did a lot of, uh, like we we were pretty much a Motown cover band back then. So we did... Like that was what that was the basis of the format, like the Barry and the. It was supposed to be like an homage to Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, and <laughs> that sort of stuff. But then, as uh, as we developed, I started uh, I started writing my own stuff. Uh, when I was in 2013, I think was when I wrote my first song. It was called uh, Desiree. It's on the album. But I um, I was drunk and bleeding at the time, and uh, <laughs> I had kind of. Uh, I was meant to be learning Spanish. Uh, the Spanish teachers and I, they, everybody was relatively young. It was an immersion course, so we were doing our, our late set, our late session class, <laughs> and we all went to we all went to a bar, and we were supposed to talk in Spanish, and that would be the basis on which we would call it a lesson. So, <laughs> so we went to the bar. We we got, pretty, pretty, fairly, fair, like we fairly like we were pretty drunk by the time, by the end of it, and I was wandering. And uh, I knocked a bottle of cologne off the shelf. Uh, this, is, this is all built into something, I promise. Knocked <laughs> a bottle of cologne off of the shelf. I was sleeping on a futon, and in that I kick in my sleep, and I don't clean places well when I'm drunk, I left, a shard of, I left a shard of glass on the ground, kicked it, woke myself up. Long story short, uh, I needed to make sure that, that wasn't going to become a problem, so I stayed up for a couple of minutes. And you know i've been working around i had been working around with a couple of fragments of songs before but just i don't know that that free moment and <laughs> i guess the fact that i was just in a in a particularly vulnerable mood anyway kind of inspired me to write my first song like to really construct a song intentionally and that was uh, that was the birth of Desiree and that kind of that really started it off.
1: okay and you said that is on the upcoming album
0: it is, yeah. That's going to be a that's on the uh, on the great street.
1: Okay, um, and then you said from there you moved to Chicago.
0: I came up to Chicago, yeah. Here in around twenty twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, I think. Yeah.
1: Why um, Why Chicago versus
0: New York, LA,
1: or someplace else?
0: Uh, I got a full ride here. Okay. So I was like, let's go, let's go where I don't have to pay any money to go to law school. So I came up to Chicago and happens to fall in love with the place. Okay. And it's just, I don't know, there's something about it. I've really grown attached.
1: Okay. And uh, you said law school. What law school did you, uh, did you go to? Chicago camp. Okay. Got it.
0: And up there studied immigration law. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it, was, it was a relevant subject right, at the time. Right, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, Okay, so tell us a little bit more about how you and the, uh, the Fountains got together.
0: So we went to, we, I, I, I initially, so the, there are a lot of independent venues around Chicago that were, that put on sort of open mics that, that uh, really did a lot for, to kind of foster the musical community in town. Uh, one of them was Gallery Cabaret. And uh, that was where I met a lot of the members of the group, like Jake Cavalier, who plays guitar. I met uh, Julian Daniel, through somebody who I knew at the Gallery Cabaret. I met, uh, I think the only current member, I met Dylan Harris, who plays bass on that, who plays bass on the record. Uh, he's out in Wisconsin right now, but he's you know, he's still part of part of the group in spirit, of course. And... Uh, I met Amir through, as I said, I met Amir, Amir through Craigslist. But it was kind of all just essentially. I like there. I didn't know anybody in Chicago, and I didn't have the 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 good sense to to feel nervous about going out and and just being vulnerable in that way. Just kind of going going out and putting it out there. And I just kind of I don't know. I kept playing, and people like for some reason that seems to resonate with with a couple uh, kindred spirits and we know, we, were, we came together and I think we we managed to produce something pretty pretty dang good considering we did it all ourselves.
1: Yeah I mean I'm I was uh was pretty impressed really uh, like I said because you don't hear that that style of music um, too often um getting let's get back to uh Rose and let, let me ask you is this this upcoming album is this your is this your debut album
0: this is yeah. This is the first uh, the first album I've produced. Uh, like we've got, I've I've done a couple of uh, recording sessions with various groups that I've worked with before, but this is my first full length album. Uh, this is definitely this is the, our first outing as Barry and the Fountains. This is a a lot of firsts, kind of all at once here.
1: <laughs> all right, I got to ask you before we start talking about the music, the name. Um, I said your sound is kind <laughs> of but the name is kind of a throwback to Barry and the fountains. Uh.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's a direct, story. so we were talking initially about, we wanted to, we wanted it to be a send up to sort of Motown things. We, we knew it had to be Barry and the something, <laughs> uh, but, but we needed the right noun and we just couldn't think of any. So <laughs> ultimately Amir, Amir pointed out that my name means fountain in French. So, so we were like, let's just call it Barry and the fountains and i i of course objected pretty strongly initially but the fact that like uh, the name sort of grew on me over time just as it became the brand but it definitely took a, it took a little bit of getting used to it for sure
1: okay um okay so let's let's talk about rose um did you guys you guys all wrote that yourselves you didn't work with any other uh producers of any kind or did you produce it yourselves or
0: that was one. So Rose and generally the great, the great extreme was an album that was comprised primarily of songs that I had written before I came to town, and I'd written them strictly in the context of being like an acoustic singer songwriter. But when I got here, I just met like the people like the people I met just they vibe so so perfectly with the song a bit. Like they they all did a great deal of work arranging their own parts, and we kind of collaboratively created this new this new interpretation of the sound. Yeah. Rose was a Rose was initially kind of an acoustic reggae ballad and there are still recordings of that version. I may release some later on as singles, but, uh, this, this is the, <laughs> this is the version that is the culmination of our collaborative effort for sure.
1: Okay. And, um, quickly, how many, how many members are in the band? The band.
0: We have kind of a rotating cast sometimes. I think we have, uh, so our main, our, our core is around five people. It's, it's me, uh, Julian Daniel who plays drums, uh, Morris Human who plays bass, uh, Jake Cavalier on guitar, Amir Hainir uh, plays keys and he's the producer of the album as well. And uh, we've, had, we've had a couple of other group, we've had a couple of other members that say, Dylan Harris uh, plays bass for us or played bass for us on the album. We had David Allen Thrift come in and play some uh, play some guitar with us. So we have a we have a rotating. Yes, sometimes we have uh, sometimes we have horns, sometimes we don't. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's, it kind of depends on the nature of the show and just the the vicissitudes of the <laughs> the Chicago music scene. So one never one never knows exactly how. It's difficult to coordinate the schedules of quite so many people all at once and as a as a more fluid project we like to have a, a sound that can kind of adapt to that just if something happens or that rather, that has been the case now as a more established project we're a lot more we're able to more consistently kind of cre- create a more a more tailored sound like for a particular show we'll have, uh, we'll have like if we if we're doing a smaller set it might just be me and Jake and I'll do rhythm guitar and Jake will do and Jake will do lead guitar or we might have a, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a customized setup, depending on the situation. Okay. But I think broad, broadly, we're a full band plus.
1: Gotcha. Um, so, Rose, tell us uh, oh. tell about that that particular song.
0: Rose is a, so Rose was one that uh, I'd, I'd written initially as a, as a love song. But then it kind of, it developed into being I want to. I want to say it's more about. Uh, it's, it became more about loneliness, more broadly. So it, in, in its in its over in its overarching tones, it's about it's about the a relationship with a person named Rose, and obviously it was initially based on a relationship that I had, but I, I changed the names to protect the innocent. <laughs> and then after that, it started getting more and more abstract. And I was like, well. Let's keep it abstract. Let's let's keep the framing of a love song, but also use this to ask questions about things that aren't necessarily strictly based around a relationship that aren't strictly relationship based. So let's let's use the actual relationship I had as a metaphor, basically.
1: Okay. And with the album, um, is there a particular theme to the album? Um, is there a story you're taking us from? You know, single one to. How many singles are? I mean, how many songs are on the uh, on the album?
0: On the album, I believe we have. Let's see, So it's Desiree Rose, Cleo. So the, al- the album, I believe, is six songs. Six songs. And then we have, uh, then we had a couple songs that were on the album initially. Uh, Rose and Cleo were going to be on the album, but we decided to produce a seven-inch with those two. And uh, I don't know this. So the initial project. So the initial the initial concept. I think all of it. All of these songs were written. They, they weren't written as a concept album, which this, the new album that's coming out is a concept album, and that's going to be based around Sumerian mythology. Uh, but this, this album that, we'll, that we're producing, that we're releasing here in a little while, is about that. Uh, I don't know. It's, it is, it's a de- I suppose it's, it's the broader story of my having deconstructed a lot of the relationships that made me who I am. So in that sense, like the great extreme is is about that binary transition from not created from not being a creative to becoming a creative, from keeping my emotional life entirely within myself and being open with it, using it as a tool to advance my 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 ability to communicate with others to be of service to them. So I suppose uh, the great extreme is the story of my using my using my. Uh, difficulties in communicating with people to become a better communicator. Okay. And to be better at loving people like using love stories to become a person more able to to love unselfishly.
1: Okay. Uh just listening to you man, I can tell you are a, uh, you're a thinker.
0: Shit, <laughs> I don't know about all that but I, I certainly get tied up in here.
1: Um how um, okay so Rose is already out. Uh,
0: Correct. It is.
1: Okay. How long does that? How long has that been out?
0: That's been out for here about about a like a week. Think, a week. Yeah, it came out uh, I think last Wednesday. I
1: okay. And what has the um, what has the the reception been? uh I know it's only been a week, but how's it going thus far?
0: People seem to like it. I'm quite. I'm very pleased with the reception. I think. Uh, you know obviously right now usually the the measure of that sort of thing would be going out and like doing a show and seeing how it affected the draw but obviously right now one can't do that sort of thing. you right. can't go out and do a show that aspect of the line of work we can't do so we've been using we've been using covid as a as an opportunity to kind of draw inward and produce new content so we've had we've we, we got the got the album out we we'd finished the album a little while ago like we had that done roughly at the beginning of the this like we were planning to start work on the on the concept album which is our next project but unfortunately COVID kind of scattered us and kept us from meeting up together right but more recently we've been able to kind of start you know not playing shows out but getting together doing more recording kind of getting into the into into a more productive mode and I think I think it took us a while to find our post-COVID kind of stream but I do think we've got a working, a uh, sort of working pattern together that's going to be a lot more successful for us than just not doing anything.
1: <laughs> Are you guys planning to do like um, Facebook Live or IG Live to to really uh, get the word out?
0: Absolutely, yeah we've been very we've been very active on our Instagram page in particular. We've been uh, putting out pretty consistent content, uh, be it videos or. Recordings of the songs. We've been keeping people updated about our new projects, and I've been posting little little vignettes from the concept album. Even though the the songs, the, even though the concept album itself isn't I've been trying to to kind of get the content out there because I think we're we're planning to probably release it just on account of the fact that COVID is kind of a uh, keeping us out of the the performance mode that we like to be in. We're planning to use that a. Uh, planning to to, to release the songs uh, sequentially again like instead of releasing the album all at once we're going to release some singles and then eventually we're going to release the compilation just because you know like we we can't produce as much content as we used to right right and obviously we were going to record it all at once before now that's become something of a liability so we're going to have to be very creative about the way we we get this recording together since most of us, you know, we're we're like we're all independent musicians. So a lot of us have other jobs. Like I know Jake Capelier, who plays guitar. He's a you know he works in some capacity that's connected to uh, to producing masks for essential workers. Like people are out, people are out doing jobs. To our, our drummer Julian, he's a teamster. You know, everybody's out there kind of grinding on the front lines, and they're also trying to produce like to do all this cultural work as well. And it's I don't know consistently inspired by those guys.
1: Okay, uh, a couple of questions here. Um, how long have you guys been a band?
0: I suppose since around yeah, early 2018, I'd say. Okay. Now we started. So as I said, we've re- we've had a kind of a rotating cast. Uh, Dylan Harris, who played uh, played bass with us in the beginning, he was on he was on the roster, but he's more recently moved out to Wisconsin. And Morris Human, uh, Morris Human has been playing bass with us more uh, more often these days. No, We've but but we started we started working together as Barry and the Fountains. Barry and the Fountains came to be in early 2018. Uh, it was it was kind of a we knew that we wanted to play music together, and I had songs that were that were kind of in in a position where we could theoretically all all learn them and play them. But we didn't have uh, apart from the fact that we knew that we were going to be soul musicians, we didn't have a specific vision for what project was going to end up looking like and I think to to some extent that was a benefit because we didn't go in there with any preconceptions about what it was going to have to be in the end so we were able to work creatively and freely kind of just I think I think as an independent project something that we you know we didn't have outside financing it was something that like most of it I paid for and we were able to kind of be able to just to just do it I think because we were we were able to sort of roll with the punches like, we weren't in a position where we were like, it has to look like this or else it's not going to work. Right. We were like, let's let's be ourselves. Let's do, let's create, uh, for, let's create synergy by performing together, by being organically a band. And, you know, in that we're recording on our own, we have time to kind of, we had, like, we, we basically trade, we didn't have access to the huge sort of Hollywood budget that some bands do. We didn't have recourse to the to the production team that some bands do, so we basically just we 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 traded space for time. <laughs> we're like, we've got multiple years to get this ready and to get it right. So let's do it. <laughs> let's use that time. and Let's really make this something. Like we're going to put this out ourselves. This is all us. Whatever whatever is good about it, whatever is bad about it, it was us that did it. So let's do it right. Let's take the time and let's make sure it's exactly what we want it to be.
1: I agreed. And I think being independent has probably been a blessing in a sense that, um, and I don't know, maybe you can speak to this, but if you were with a label, maybe they would try to change your style to, because, you know, music is sort of cookie cutterish, you know, everything is sort right. of kind of sound like everybody else.
0: But like I say, they would sound, definitely have a preconception about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And your sound is so unique um, that, you know, I don't know if it would work worked if you were with the label. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah so. Like, I don't
0: know that we would have been... I don't know that even we would have been able to do exactly what we did right. if we were trying to do it specifically. Right. I think a lot of it... Like, a lot of the serendipity is a lot of what it is. Just the fact that we kind of... We happens to click in the way that we did. And everybody ha- happens to bring the talents to the table that they did. We just... Like there there was no there was no way that I that I could have known beforehand that a mirror in place.
1: Are you looking for a reliable way to transfer money to family and friends? Check out the Cash App. It's safe, easy, and convenient. Just download the app from the Apple or Google Play Store and start receiving and sending money in a few minutes. Sign up today and receive $5. And don't forget to use our referral code. Swag at shop
0: keyboard <laughs> I was like I'd, intru- I'd introduced myself to him over like, Craigslist and we met like in one of the piano rooms at a, at the Harold Washington Library <laughs> like there was no way I could know that he was a music producer or that we that like the collaboration we would develop would create this, that would help to create this project and catalyze something that uh, I don't know but I, that, that I think we're all very proud of having been a part
1: of it Okay, we're um, <laughs> speaking of the music, where can... Uh- yeah. Where can people pick up your your music?
0: Oh, you can find us on all the platforms: uh, mm-hmm. Apple Music, Spotify. I think we're we're on SoundCloud as well and Bandcamp. Okay, but yeah, we're
1: all right. And also mention that you also have a YouTube channel as well. We do. Uh, go out there and uh, check out some of the, some of the stuff you have. on. You have a few singles on your on your. On your... We do
0: we've been trying to? Yeah, that was actually where we put our first kind of. Our first, if you want to see what we looked like at our very beginnings, there's a YouTube video of us doing, uh, doing the song It Ain't So Easy in Dylan, our old base, like the old bassist's uh, basement. He's filming it on his phone. He's got his, sorry, his glasses. He's got a big smile on his face. Everybody's very, uh, very excited to be down there doing stuff. And of course, our first, our first saxophone is Rochelle. Uh, she's another teamster, too, so she she's been working for uh, UPS more recently, and obviously the yeah, hours have gotten worse. So we've all, as I say, everybody everybody's working working other jobs, and we're all kind of struggling in this new economy. That's you know, it's it's not really making a space for independent artists in the way that perhaps a more ethical society would. But, you know, right. we're, we're making do. Right.
1: Well, you guys are grinding, and and uh, like I said, um, I think with good music, people are finding good music. Um.
0: You guys are doing the Lord's work in that respect.
1: <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, Why don't you plug some of your social media? Uh, connections?
0: Absolutely, we're we're uh, at Barry and the Fountains on uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, the whole the whole shebang.
1: Okay, um, another question here. What do you hope um, What do you hope people get out of your music? How should people would how, how do you want people to be, remember Barry and the Fountains?
0: So I suppose the, so for the great, I think, so with the great extreme, we were trying to do something uh, in in writing, it I was trying to deconstruct uh, a lot of the emotional, emotional uh, things that had happened to me over the course of my life that made a really big impact on me. Like big, big, bad relationships, basically. And the thing that I took from them that I think was constructive was the idea that if you if you process these things, if you take the relationship itself for what it is, and don't take that aspect of it too personally, then the emotional aspects of the relationship can still be very useful to you in terms of determining, like, what you need to do to grow as a person. So, like, in a relate, my first rela- big relationship was with the person who Desiree, the song Desiree is about her name, is not Desiree in real life, but that relationship I feel had a really big impact on me. And it wasn't the sort of like I hate her now sort of impact. It was like the it was the kind of impact where I was like, wow, I felt a certain way about this person. Why did I feel that way? How have those feelings influenced me? Did I let it go? When did I let it go? How and why? And I think that's what the song explores. And I think that's what the Great Extreme is trying to explore. And in our new album, the the Psalms for the Psalms for the Deluvian Era, which is about Sumerian mythology. It's that concept album we're working on. That I think is a more forward-facing kind of album, and it's it's broadly so. It does the the, the new album will have a message, but it'll be kind of a more a more contemporary message. It's, it's more, I suppose you could say, it's more of a story about the present uh, that uses the past to, to to tell that story. Okay. So in there. Yeah.
1: All right. And so I just want to, one quick question about Desiree. Um, do you find, or did you find that for whatever reasons they didn't work out, did you you find yourself being appreciative of having gone through that experience? Cause that's what I kind of hear you saying, when you talk about the writing of that song. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. I think absolutely. Yeah. It was like, you, like, I think like, I, I, I I'm friends with the person now in in, in the modern, context but then uh, at the same time i think even the like, even the aspects of it that were uncomfortable at the time like the bits where i had to deal with my own immaturity and kind of question why why it was that i needed from someone something that they couldn't give me <laughs> like what exactly and what exactly that meant for me what it meant about me what it meant about them and i think the growth itself is something you can take from the relationship just the opportunity to get to know yourself better to get to know other people better and the way that people relate to one another in the world, to 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 balance and expand one's perspective, I think that's that's a, a beautiful gift that even people <laughs> that you don't end up staying in a relationship with can give.
1: Oh, I I completely agree. Um, well, Barry, I appreciate you coming on the show. Anything else you want to add before Thanks, we, before we turn it loose today? I mean, I know it's in chicago but anything else Oh yeah
0: absolutely i just want to yeah i just want to say that here here out in chicago like we've got a I mean, we have a lot of great music venues and COVID has been hurting them terribly uh, at north bar i want to give a shout out to gallery cabaret i want to give a shout out to just all the big venues that really were there for us kind of in the beginning chicago has an amazing independent music scene and in the wake of COVID, it's going to be changed It's going to be a fundamentally different thing than it was before, but that doesn't mean it has to be worse. It's it's going to be different. And I think we can kind of come together to create something really positive if if we take the attitude that we're going to save our stages and make them an equitable place for musicians to perform and for Chicago's, for the culture of Chicago to develop. And I think that model can be useful. Like, I think we can draw on the models of other cities and other cities can draw on our model. I think that... The kind of use of, of urban spaces as real cultural incubators is uh, is an incredibly useful thing. And I think musicians and and creative workers in general tend to kind of downplay their own importance to changing society and freeing it from its fear of freedom. But I think it's an incredibly important part. I mean, music freed me from my fear of freedom, and <laughs> I didn't even know I had it. Right. So it's quite a feat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that, um, that, um, whatever change, what there's definitely going to be change. Like you just mentioned, that it's, um, I can't see how it cannot be. Um, but hopefully it makes us better, you know, society wise as well. Um, but Mr. Barry no, I appreciate you taking the time today, sir.
0: Oh, hey, man, thanks again for having me. I'm so glad to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. And that's, um, yeah, we'll have links on our on our website and also on the show notes on our YouTube channel about burying the fountains and also all their links to social media, as well as links to um, their music and keep us posted on um, the new release on the 19th. There's a few more days before that happens at the time of taping. Um, Absolutely. But, man, I, I think you guys are onto something, man.
0: I do. Thank you very much. Hey, let's let's you and me both try and bring back soul music, right? Most definitely. <laughs> now, now you're speaking my language.
1: <laughs> all right, that's Barry Fontenelle on the Bring Back Soul Music
0: podcast,
1: and we'll be right back.
0: Thank you so much for having me. All right, thank you, sir. Calling all lovers of soul music! The time to make soul music relevant again is now. You've been listening to the Bring Back Soul Music podcast with Todd Woodson. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell a friend. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to our newsletter at bringbacksoulmusic.com.
1: Well, that's our show for today. I'd like to thank my special guest, Mr. Barry Fontenoy. You can find out more about Barry on our website at bringbacksoulmusic.com. Don't forget to check out their new single called Rose, as well as check out their new album coming out October 19th, 2020 called The Great Extreme. Don't forget, you can listen to the Bring Back Soul Music podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Bring Back Soul Music TV. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at comments at bringbacksoulmusic.com. I'm Todd Woodson. Thank you for joining us. See you next week.